0: The views and opinions expressed by individuals on the following program do not necessarily reflect those of the network, Guy's Guy Radio, and its platforms. It's Guy's Guy Radio. Here's your host, Robert Manny. Welcome to Guys, Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the show where men and women can be at their best and everyone wins, Guys, Guys Radio. We're here to inform you, inspire you, empower you, and get you to think and feel, and who knows, maybe even act by virtue of the journeys, experiences, stories, and insights of the guests I bring you each and every week to the show. And today's show is presented by PodGo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. I know so many people out there have their own podcast now. Providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at podgo.co. And be sure to add our podcast, Guys Guys Radio, in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. All right, we've got a great show for you today, very special show. I've got an amazing guest who's to really here but really out there, and I'm talking about out there way in the past and way in the future. Her name is Debbie Solaris. I think you're really going to like our conversation that I had very recently with her. She is an ET contactee, an interdimensional traveler, and a galactic historian. It sounds like a lot. It sounds like it's way out there, and it is And Debbie and I had a great conversation. I really like her because she's just a very down-to-earth individual. She's very matter-of-fact about what her experience have been to have her this ability to be able to do what she does, which is basically read Akashic Records. And Akashic Records are really a recording of every single thing that's ever happened and every thought that every single person has had on Earth since the beginning of time and beyond that and across the universe. And it's it's not a physical place. It's more like stuff being put up in the cloud if you will we had a great conversation she read my akashic records taking me all the way back to a place called lyra and uh all the way up till today with various incarnations it's historical it's not really super personal and it's very interesting and i think you're going to enjoy it and she's a really cool person so let's just get started with it right now debbie solaris here on guys guys radio It's Guy's Guy Radio. Guy's Guy's Radio. My favorite portion of the show is when I have my very special guests on. I've got a great one for you today. Her name is Debbie Solaris. And we're going to talk about Akashic Records and all kinds of intergalactic subjects. It's going to be a lot of fun. I I discovered, uh, actually, my wife discovered Debbie on Gaia, uh, being interviewed by George Nori, and she said, you've got to have Debbie Solaris on your show, and here we are because I Always listen to my wife because she's the smartest person I know. (laughs) So let me tell you a little bit about Debbie. She's an ET contactee, interdimensional traveler, galactic historian. After a fateful ET contact experience a few years ago, Debbie was awakened to her true star lineage and higher calling. Through her ancestral connection to the Akashic records, and we'll get into what they are, she has been receiving downloads of galactic historical information and universal spiritual knowledge ever since and she feels it's her mission on earth to help awaken others to their divine selves and cosmic origins debbie was recently featured on the beyond belief show as i mentioned with george nori showcasing her extraterrestrial contact experiences how it led to her higher mission of helping people remember and reconnect with their cosmic star heritage she's got a youtube channel that features akashic and intuitive readings and recordings featuring information on galactic history Extraterrestrial star races, along with real-life advice and direction for star seeds and light workers, trying to navigate this incarnation experience we call planet Earth. Welcome to Guys Guys Radio, Debbie Solaris. How you doing, Debbie?
1: Hi. Thanks for having me on. It's it's great to it's great to connect with everybody today, and um, I appreciate your interest in me and my work.
0: Well, it's really fascinating, and I know you had a, a major shift in your life. So let's start at the beginning. What was your life like before your fateful ET contact that awakened you to your current path?
1: Well, actually I had a very ordinary life. I um I wasn't really awakened at all. Um I wasn't really interested in ETs or anything, you know, spiritual or metaphysical actually. Uh my husband was the one that was more the paranormal enthusiast than I was. Uh um but I was, I worked in uh, environmental health with public health for quite a few years. Uh, and then before that, I was a, um, I was in the US Navy, um, worked as a hospital corpsman slash preventive medicine tech, you know, for quite a few, uh, for about six years there. So I am a Navy veteran and I just wasn't that interested. I, I would say I had a very ordinary life.
0: Okay, so what happened? Uh, you, had you ever had an ET contact prior to this one which was kind of like an inciting incident with really changed everything for you. Was, was this the first one uh, no, or few you had uh, it in the past? And were you a believer?
1: No, I wasn't even much of a believer. My, my husband would have UFO magazines around and sometimes I would read them, but I was very skeptical of the things I was reading about. I mean, it was, I was starting to get an open mind, but it wasn't really, uh, I would say uh, anything that I thought was really relevant. Um, uh, but, uh, around 2012, um, I had my own extraterrestrial contact experience, never thought in a million years I would ever be somebody that would have that kind of experience at all.
0: But what happened?
1: I, um, it was during a time of transition. Uh, it, this was in 2012. My husband and I were moving, uh, from, uh, you know, we're moving to, to Castle Rock, which is currently where we live now. And it was a difficult move. Uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of things, a lot of transition. Uh, there was a lot of transition in our country too, during that time, uh, big elections and, uh, you know, the Mayan calendar, all that. Uh, and then, uh, I was having some back issues. I had minor back surgery. Okay. Um, and, uh, I, I ended up um, uh, going to sleep one night, and this was like a few days after the surgery, um, I was at home, and uh, I woke up and I was in a different reality. It was not anything, it wasn't a dream, it was just too crystal clear, too r- real for it to be a dream, and I knew at that point I was in um, a different different dimension, Um uh, I found myself on board an extraterrestrial starship and I I knew it was a starship. I wasn't afraid, I was just more curious, like what the heck is going on? And uh, um, I ended up encountering five extraterrestrial beings uh, that definitely didn't look human and they were able to telepathically communicate with me. So um, I was asking them questions about, you know, where, uh, why was I there? Where was I at? And they answered me through telepathy and through this holographic, I guess, device that they had in this room um, that they had me in. It was kind of like an orientation room.
0: Did you think when you woke up into this that like, oh, I'm dreaming or am I in a separate reality?
1: Oh, I knew right away I was in a separate reality.
0: Okay. So these, yeah. b- these beings, Debbie, were they uh, all of the same ET race? Were they grays? Were they reptilian? What what were they?
1: Yeah, um, that's a great question. Uh, I didn't know what they were at first. Uh, I I've never seen extraterrestrials that looked like they did. Um, they had a little bit of a gray alien appearance. They had bigger heads, you know, three fingers, uh, um, but their eyes didn't look gray alien. They had they had almond shaped eyes, but they had uh, irises and pupils. Um,
0: were you and their afraid? Their
1: skin tone looked different. Uh, you- they looked kind of bluish greenish. Um, and they had huge auras. So it was really hard to even look at them directly. Their auras were really bright, they had a lot of colors in their aura. Um, and so I asked these beings, you know, who are you and where are you from? And they told me they were Arcturians from the star system of Arcturus in the constellation of Bodas. And they even showed me on a star map in the hologram where Arcturus was located. I had never really knew much about Arcturus before that.
0: Were you afraid, Debbie?
1: No, not at all. No. Uh, And I think the reason why I wasn't is because these beings were emanating such strong love and love energy. I mean... You just feel immediately comforted in their presence i don't know it's kind of hard to explain but um and there was something somewhat uh familiar you know with um with about them even though i couldn't quite pinpoint it at the time
0: so you had your meeting with them do you know how long Did you have a sense how long the meeting took and then what happened afterwards did you wake up in your bed do you, did you, were you given a mission? What What happened and how did your um, life shift yeah, from that, that point? A,
1: there was a lot that happened while I was there. It seemed like I was there for a long time. Like it seemed like I was there for days or months or, I mean, cause I was in that room for a long time and I was wandering through the starship. They showed me different parts of the starship. They showed me this big atrium area. Um, but I was actually just gone for like, I guess the duration of my sleep time, which was probably about seven or eight hours. So, um, so time seems to work differently in the higher realms.
0: When you were walking around and if, if it seemed like months or whatever, um, did you eat or anything or what, did you notice anything that stood out when you were going through the ship?
1: There was certain rooms that stood out, uh, there was one room that we walked into that they called the sleeping room, but I didn't see any beds or anything. Um, that changed colors when I walked in there. So it changed to purple and then it showed Asian landscapes. Um, and I was asking the Arcturians, why is it showing me this? And they said, it's just, uh, things that you find relaxing. Mm -hmm. So I, purple's my favorite color. So I guess it knew purple was my favorite color. I don't know. But, um, the other thing um, that stood out was there was a lot of other extraterrestrials on board that ship, um mostly humanoid looking, um, but with variations. Um, but I could tell they weren't from humans from Earth. Uh it was just too much variation. And uh and I was surprised that a lot of them were humanoid uh because I think in sci-fi movies, you see all these kind of crazy-looking beings, right? And you know, especially in Tar, Star Trek and stuff, right. but, or Star Wars. But most of them look pretty humanoid. I mean, it was kind of like, you know, like I said, variations—much taller, better looking, but definitely, you know, not from Earth. But but pretty much like like us humans.
0: So, what did they tell you in terms of having a mission, or why did they? I mean, I would think like you know, kind of like, why me? And then, what did they tell you that the reason was that they chose you? Why me? Yeah, Yeah, that was one of the
1: first questions I asked. So, so what? Why why am I up
0: here? What was what was the takeaway, Debbie?
1: Um, They told me that, and they did this through telepathy. But they told me that um, I was I was there because I was part of their star family. I had I had volunteered to be on Earth to work a mission you know, to, to start a mission or the, you know, the work, my mission, but I had forgotten and they were there to remind me. Uh, they also wanted to explain to me, uh, what was going on really on earth, you know, why earth is so crazy the way it is. Cause I had a lot of questions about, um, and I was concerned, you know, I was concerned about, you know, is, is, are we going to hell in a handbasket here on earth? Um, you know, so, uh, um, you know, so they explained to me that everything was an illusion. Um, and my job was to connect um, the 3D reality to create a bridge between the 3D reality and the 5D reality. Uh, and that I was going to do it through information. And uh, they explained to me that my Arcturian ancestors were mostly scientists. Um, I think they said ambassadors, scientists, and historians or something like that. So I thought that was kind of crazy. I was like, wow, I didn't know I had extraterrestrial family. You know, that's kind of crazy.
0: To that point, how many people kind of on Earth are from Earth and how many are from like other galaxies, if you will?
1: Um, right now, I think Dolores Cannon, uh, I think showcased this during her time here on Earth. Uh, you know, she wrote quite a few books. Um, mm-hmm. She did a lot of work, groundbreaking work in hypnotherapy. Uh, right now, I would say uh, there's probably more star seeds on Earth than there ever has been in prior human history because we're we're here for the ascensions. Uh, cycle so earth is going through an ascension cycle from the third dimension to the fifth and so we needed all of us star seeds to be here in order to push earth into the fifth dimension and to do what we can to help uh, expand consciousness
0: my special guest on guys guys radio is a kashic record teacher and guide really debbie solaris it's a fascinating conversation we're having here so what's going on what What was your takeaway as to what's going on right now on Earth? You mentioned the move from the three d to the five d. For those people out there who may not be that familiar with what's what's it like in different dimensions, what does that mean?
1: Okay, uh, that's a great question. Uh, so um, so in a- each planet, there's various different dimensions, and it's mostly based on frequency. You know, so um, as you raise your frequency, you shift into higher dimensions. And right now, you know, in the third dimension, you know, the frequency is fairly low, uh, and right. yeah, I mean, I hate to say it, but it's true, you know. But uh, you know, but we're 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 evolving to um, a higher state of being. Um, at least the planet is. Uh, and it's and we're trying to get Earth people to be able to shift into this higher state of being. And shifting their own frequency to a higher state of being. And there's ways you can raise frequency. I mean, there's lots of ways, Um, you know, very easy ways, actually, Uh, uh, which is probably a whole other conversation.
0: But uh, uh, let's let's just touch on it. So I would think like meditation. Oh, yeah,
1: absolutely. uh, Yeah.
0: Positive thoughts, prayer, whatever. Right. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. Um, Also, uh, staying away from mainstream TV, um, that'll raise your frequency immediately, Laughter. Uh, so sometimes when I feel down, I watch comedy shows, you know, the clean ones and, um, and they make me laugh. So, uh, that raises frequency. I think just doing anything that makes you really feel good. That doesn't hurt other people. Um, being out in nature, eating, um, healthy, wholesome food, uh, helps, uh, yoga i mean there's lots of practices
0: you can do yeah so are there forces then who are working against this uh evolution of mankind and that we're moving from the third to the fifth dimension is that going against the interests of certain uh entities if you will uh for lack of a better word that may want to keep things just the way they are
1: oh absolutely um There are um, dark forces uh, here on earth that have been here for thousands of years. Um, Some of them came from some negative factions in Orion. Some of them are Draconian. Uh, Some are on, you know, the negative Anunnaki. Not all Anunnaki is negative, but, um, or they're descendants of Anunnaki um, who want to keep things uh, under control for the 1% of them, okay? And they've been under control. You know, Earth has been under their control for thousands of years. Uh, However, in this age of disclosure, more and more, I mean, more and more of their, I guess, uh, nefarious uh, activities are being being shown, you know, to everybody. and, And more and more people are becoming aware of it. So it's getting harder and harder for them to maintain that control right now
0: are you uh, and are they optimistic that humanity and earth will be able to ascend
1: i'm very optimistic we'll be able to ascend okay. um i see that just from my practice uh just in the last year in 2020 um my practice just exploded i mean it was already good before but um i think just going through this whole covid lockdown thing um awakened a lot of people and there's more and more people awakening all the time. So okay. uh, I'm very optimistic.
0: All right. Let's talk about the Akashic Records because that's kind of a prime area that you work in. For a lot yeah, of folks absolutely. out there, they may have heard the term, but they may not know what it is. I think most people might think, oh, Akashic Records kind of has every single thing that every has ever been done or thought for everybody. And it's in some type of so you know extraterrestrial library somewhere, higher dimensional library. And you can you can supposedly tap into that and learn about. Your records and uh, help me out here.
1: Okay, uh, no, I think you're on the right track. Actually, you're doing pretty good on your own. But um, but it sounds like you did a little research there. But uh, yeah, they're the energetic records of the universe, and they're not really in a physical place. I think a lot of people visualize this physical library. There, there is no such thing. It's just, it's just in kind of an energetic space of some sort. Um, and we have access it through our minds, you know. So uh, so I always say that everybody can access the Akashic Records. And I still believe that even though a lot of my clients would disagree with me, but, um, but I think everybody can access the records. Uh, so what it does is it pretty much energetically records every single thought, every single emotion, every single event. Um, that that has happened every single experience that's happened to every single type of being on on various you know i would say star systems and planets you know throughout the universe okay uh and you can even access akashic records of other universes because i've done that a few times so
0: um how did you first get uh, realize that you could do this and then the second part of that question is you say anybody could do it is there any danger with people like kind of playing around in areas that they're not that, uh, experienced in? Um,
1: uh, I'll, I'll answer the first question first, and then we'll do the second one. Uh, actually I did, you know, after my extraterrestrial contact experience, uh, I didn't even realize, you know, that I had these abilities, uh, you know, I was just trying to process what happened to me. It took me, I think a couple of years to process basically what had happened and, I was at the time going through, through various different spiritual classes. So I was taking one spiritual class after another, just trying to understand the bigger picture that, you know, was shown to me from the Arcturians. And, and throughout, I would say my spiritual studies uh, I realized I was downloading all types of galactic information. It was happening spontaneously. Like I was getting memories of big galactic wars things that had happened galactically and i didn't quite understand what i was seeing so i was doing a lot of research you know trying to figure out is this real am i my am I seeing real stuff what's going on am i going crazy you know so mm. um so i was like, explaining to one of my teachers my one of my spiritual teachers my experiences or what's going what, what it was happening to me and she says well it sounds like you're accessing the akashic records and i said i don't even know what the akashic records are please explain to me you know what this <laughs> is you know so i didn't even know what they were um and and so she just happened to teach akashic records reading and this was in my hometown in castle rock colorado and so so it was kind of like it was divine providence that i was supposed to you know do this kind of work i think because i took the classes and i just discovered i had a natural affinity for Okay. accessing the records and i could access beyond earth records which right. was really amazing
0: okay so you uh you say that anybody technically can kind of access them is is that so and if so is there any danger in them and people kind of playing around in that area without being having the experience of being training and knowing how to you know if you open yourself up to just welcome any energy you could get some lower entities oh yeah you, yeah you definitely want right? to protect
1: yourself um Yeah, what I usually tell, you know, newbies to the, you know, the Akashic Records reading thing is Mm -hmm. that um, they always want to do the process. So, um, so even though it seems like, you know, oh, you know, I don't know if I want to go through the whole clearing thing, whatever. um, So if you're doing a reading for yourself, for instance, you want to make sure that you have protection around you. Okay. I mean, because you don't, when you're opening yourself up to those higher realms, you can get some negative energies coming in um, and they can tell you things that aren't really real. um, And you're thinking you're accessing the records. So even when, if I do a a reading for a client, I always do um, a little bit of a clearing before. And then um, we do a pathway prayer. It's a traditional one that um, I think Linda Howell comes, came up with. Uh, So we'll do a traditional, uh, you know, pathway prayer. I'll use the person's name and birth date. And then I'll say the records are open. And then it's kind of like accessing Netflix, OK? It's like you're getting into that person's particular file and you're accessing their their, their soul memories is basically what's happening. Um, you really can't break the records. But the danger, I think, sometimes is that people can sometimes uh, you know, they they don't understand what they're seeing, you know. Um and
0: uh I understand. Okay.
1: Yeah, you know, it's just kind of like they don't really understand uh but but as far as breaking the records, I don't think you can break the records, but uh but as far as them understanding what they're seeing, uh and then there's the danger of you know, maybe, you know, if you're doing a reading for somebody else, you know, telling somebody something that Maybe they shouldn't know, right. you know, because um, okay. you'll see some stuff. You'll see some stuff in the record. You okay. don't want to re-traumatize people.
0: So you know, so, so protection yeah. is paramount. I want to ask you what's a, what I think is a really big question, and I know we're tight on time, but maybe if you can give us a very, very condensed version. How did we get where we are now on planet Earth? How did humanity start? You mentioned the Iyanuki, the Arcturians, and a lot of people out there listening or watching. They, they They're not too familiar. So can you give us like the <laughs> the Cliff oh, Notes version, be like
1: a abridged abridged version, probably. Yes, yeah,
0: super abridged version.
1: Um, it's super abridged. Um, well, Earth was designed to be a living library, so it was designed to have a to be like a, a storehouse of extraterrestrial genetics from twenty two at least twenty two different star races. I guess they were just thinking, oh, let's let's combine all these different genetics and see what happens. And they did the same thing for the human genome here on Earth. Uh, and so there was extraterrestrial beings that had been visiting Earth even before Atlantis and Lemuria. Okay, so there was there was colonies, you know, from our Ar- you know Arcturians, from pleiadians Syrians, uh, you know, Andromedans, so forth and so on, uh, and. I think initially earth was supposed to be fifth dimensional. Okay. Because, uh, we do have records of one civilization in, on earth, that's Lemuria, that was a fifth dimensional reality. Okay. Um, but then when Lemuria was destroyed, earth plunged into the third dimension, it was never meant to be a third dimensional reality. It was always meant to be fifth dimensional. And then you had negative factions that kind of took over you know they they okay. they took over things here so earth never really developed like it was supposed to Let because me, these negative factions were holding things back i don't okay. know if that makes sense
0: but. yes so from my uh, watching you on other uh, shows you mentioned yeah. lemuria and atlantis people right. are familiar with atlantis and those civilizations both kind of crumbled they were separate and yeah. um they were actually one was kind of lemuria was more of a peaceful Spiritual. joyful place and the other one was more kind of like what we're doing technical, now, kind of yeah. go, go, go and technical and all of that. Yeah. And that's kind of how we got here. Yeah. So do your guides, do they visit you frequently? Do you continue to get downloads? I mean, what is your. Yeah, path? I
1: always I get I, I find out new things every day from the records, uh, which, is, which is kind of exciting. Um, I wouldn't say it happens every day, but, you know, period. I mean, I would say pretty often I'll, I'll get new information and. Uh, um, I have a running conversation with my guides all the time, so um, I'm always connected okay. to them.
0: So do you consider this a gift?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was I don't know how I got blessed with this, but okay. I'm just glad, you know, I'm glad I'm able to serve humanity in in, in this capacity.
0: Do, do you believe in God?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yes.
0: OK, Guys Guys Radio, my special guest, Debbie Solaris. I'm loving this conversation about her experience and Akashic Records we had talked before the show and Debbie's been kind enough to give me kind of a mini reading. So you folks out there, I'll expose myself as to where I came from and all of that. But Debbie's just going to give us a little sneak peek as to how she works and kind of where your guy's guy came from and where he's going.
1: Let me explain how this is going to happen. So okay. um, I'm going to do a divine heart triangle. So I'm going to be connecting my heart chakra with yours. We connect the source, okay. keeps the vibration really high. Then we're going to do a little bit of a space clearing because, you know, like I mentioned before, we want only the high vibrations around us. And then I do a pathway prayer. I'm going to use your name and birth date. I'll say the records are now open, and then we just kind of go into it. Okay, okay. so let's do it. Let me go. Let me let me go ahead and um, check in here. Okay, the records are now open. Okay. Um, uh, so Robert, uh, I'm, I'm seeing that um, you uh, you're you're an ancient soul. I think you know. I I kind of hate the term old soul because I think we're all old souls. You know, I mean, we've all had, I mean, we've all had various different experiences. You know, either on on planet Earth or off planet Earth. You are a star seed. Okay, I did pick that up. Um, uh, so what a star seed means is it means that you're somebody that's having a human experience right now, but your soul originated from a different star system, a different galaxy or a different universe, you know, uh, just a different, different dimension. Uh, um, I did pick up Lyra origins, uh, initially, uh, but you had a lot of incarnations in Sirius and Procyon. Okay. Uh, so um, so kind of what I'm seeing in the records is that uh, you were part of the Lyra Vega soul group. So, um, so initially, source when source was splitting itself off, it was splitting itself off into oversoul groups, which became soul family groups, and then we split into individual souls. Okay. Um, And so you were part of that Lyra Vega soul group that came out of galactic center in our galaxy. So you did come from this galaxy. Uh, The the galactic center is located between Scorpio and Sagittarius. These are constellations in our galaxy, um, really close to a major portal in the Scorpio constellation called Antares, which is also its biggest star, okay? It's a a stargate. so what I'm seeing is that you as a soul incarnated in um, the star system called Avion. Okay. Or the planet called Avion. Okay. This is in the Lyra system. So I'm going to put Lyra, Avion. Okay. okay. Um, and Avion was the big, was one of the bigger planets. Uh, I think Avalon was the biggest. Um, Avion was the second biz- Big biggest. Both Avalon and Avion were pretty advanced technologically speaking. Um, They were starting to integrate more technology into their civilization because in the beginning of Larian history, it was no no technology. It was just people living in, you know, paradise. Um, And they were still living in paradise, don't get me wrong. But they were, uh, but it was, they were starting to integrate more technology because that's the natural evolution for all civilizations. And um, kind of what I'm seeing is that I think you've always worked in communications. Okay, you were always, you were somebody that I think you were, um, kind of you. You started off as an emissary for some of the regional councils in in Avion, and then uh, you were appointed to be a communications uh, trainer or instructor for. Um, the new Laren Starfleet. Um, because uh you had a natural inclination for technology. Okay, you understood it. Um and you also understood, you know, uh the proper methods of communication. Okay, but this wasn't broadcasting back then. It was okay. it was uh you know inner 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 star system communications. Uh And so eventually, I think you did get assigned on board uh, one of the Lyran ships um, is what I'm seeing. Uh, You you did routine trips between Lyra and some of the other star systems and planets, including Vega, okay? Vega is also in the Lyra constellation. It's the biggest star, Um, but they had different humans that lived in Vega. So the Lyran people were mostly kind of white skinned um, Caucasian-looking beings, the Vega people were more blue-skinned. A little bit, they looked kind of similar to Hindu gods, maybe. Um, very magnificent beings, also. Um, and so you were, I think, trying to, uh, I think, have this interconnection of communication between all the laran planets, uh, which I think helped uh, quite a few Laren survive the wars. If there wasn't that communication system going, where the planets could warn each other of what was going on, I think it w- the devastation would have been even worse. During uh, so Lyra, for the for the viewers of you that don't um, know about Lyra history, uh, Lyra went through a, a devastating war um, that that destroyed the Lyran system. Uh, the war was called the Lyra Draconian Wars because they were attacked by another star system called Draco, which was located next door. Uh, the Draconians, these were the classical reptilians that I think mm-hmm. a lot of people know about. Um, they weren't the benevolent beings. They wanted to conquer the entire galaxy. And because Lyra was so close, they figured they would start with Lyra. Okay, um, And so they just ambushed the Lyran system. Uh, during this time uh the communication that you and i think a few others managed to put in place so there was this communication network um so you did some very important work i mean it was you and a group of people not just you but um uh what you know saved i think quite a few Lyran systems uh or at least some Lyran survivors you know um the planet still still got destroyed um but not everybody was wiped out. Um, but, but, even then there was at least 50, 50 million Lyrans that lost their lives. And there was complete planets that were devastated. Um, you were one of the ones that was lucky to escape. Okay. Um, I do see that your current wife was your wife in that past life. Um, she was the first person you messaged. Um, you told her to get the heck out of Dodge and meet you at the um, cl- closest way station, which she, she did. Um, and she tried to warn other people, but people were frightened. They were afraid. Some of them didn't want to leave their farms. I mean, uh, uh, Lyra was mostly an agricultural community, um, particularly Avion and and Bila. Um, so a lot of, lot of agriculture. Uh and people didn't want to leave, and so they ended up getting destroyed, You know, unfortunately. Um, you were one of the lucky ones that escaped. Uh, your ship headed to um, Cygnus for a while. Um, the Liren fleet knew that Cygnus was a no-fly zone for the reptilians. I don't know how they knew that, but Cygnus was the um, home of a huge black hole, it's a beautiful constellation, but when, but it has a, a very menacing big black hole, which is called Cygnus X-1. It's an actual black hole. Um, and the Draconians, because their ships were so big, didn't go near that black hole. So the Lyrans knew that, and they knew that, you know, if they could maneuver their ships around the black hole, which they had much smaller ships, um, they could hide out in some of the outlier planets, which they did. And that's okay. what we did okay um eventually because cygnus wasn't really meant for habitation um so there is no i would say long-term cygnus star race you know it was it was a way station for a number of years but um the the Liren refugees and Lyran survivors knew they had to move on and so uh, you, were, you were part of the fleet that headed towards Sirius, so that's how you ended up in Sirius, okay? Um, Sirius is a binary star system in the constellation of Canis Major. Uh, Canis Major is um, also known as the Dog, big dog constellation. Uh, Sirius, for that reason, is known as the dog star or the blue star. It actually is the brightest star in our night sky Um, so you'll always see Sirius in the night sky. Um, and the reason why it's so bright is because it's pretty close to earth. It's only eight light years away from earth and it's actually two stars. So makes it appear brighter. Um, you ended up in Sirius A. Okay. Um, uh, I think for you, um, you, you and your family settled in Sirius. Okay. Um, Sirius had very watery planets. So the composition of Sirius was very different from Avion. Okay, Avion was big continents, small seas. Um, Sirius had massive oceans, small little pockets of land. Um, So there was major technological projects that were started by by Syrians because they knew that they had to find places for people to live because their population was exploding. Um, They had many different types of beings that lived on Sirius, not just humans. And they also knew that they had to protect themselves from future draconian attack. So uh, Sirius went through a phase where they had their own inner conflicts for a while, but then the Assyrian High Council was developed and established. And so they came to unity consciousness and then the big focus was technology. And so I'm seeing that you worked some technological projects for a while. It wasn't really your great love, but I think I think you love communication. I think you love um, yes. sharing the truth, okay? Um, yes. Yeah, you know, this is what, uh, but you did the technical thing for a while. Um, so you were a project manager for various technical um, projects. Uh, various ones. I think one was building shielding systems for the starships. I think that was one you were involved with. Um, And then kind of what I'm seeing is that uh, you, um, you did go through the Syrian mystery schools. So you got an understanding of spirituality. Um, The Syrians were a very practical race of people. They were a blend of Lyra and Vega refugees. So they were a, a mixed race. And they had light blue skin as a result, um, but their their civilization was very divine, feminine oriented. It was very um, mother goddess consciousness oriented, uh, kind of a place. So. Um, a lot of Syrians are practical, you know, because mothers are practical, you know, I mean, okay. got to take care of everybody. So,
0: so yeah. Debbie, was this another incarnation then, or is this all the same? Uh, Yeah, this
1: was another. So you you finished out your life in Syria, and then you okay. had another incarnation. Okay. And so in each consequent incarnation you were having, you were becoming more and more developed as a soul. Uh, okay. I don't know if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But, yes.
0: Um, okay. Guys, Guys Radio, I'm with Debbie Solaris. We're doing an Akashic reading right here on the air. Go ahead, Dad. Okay, so we'll
1: continue on. Thank you. Um, so uh, I think you ended up, um, you loved uh, your studies in the Syrian mystery schools. And I think you took on as a mission that I need to share this information with as many people as possible. And so this is the kind of work that you did, not just in Sirius, but even in Procyon, Procyon is uh, a, a, the biggest star system in Canis Minor, which is a neighbor of Sirius. And the Procyon people were very technical, but not very spiritual. So you went there to share uh, information about spirituality with the Procyon people. Um, they were also descendants of uh, of Lyran refugees. Um, and then you did some work in Orion. I'm not seeing that you incarnated in Orion, but you did some projects there, okay? Um, and much of what you were doing, you kind of went back to the old communication thing where you were establishing communications between you know, some of the different um, star systems and planets in Orion. Uh, so you kind of went back to the original work that you were doing. Um, and then here on planet Earth, your mission Predominantly has always been to share spiritual information. You know, to share not just spiritual, but just the truth. You know, uh, you know whether it be disclosure oriented or just factual information, or you know, or kind of going beyond the veil of what we think we know to what is really out there. So that's been your mission.
0: Okay, and how, now how about now?
1: That, that's what I'm saying. This is okay. now this is your mission now. Um, this has been your mission ever since you've incarnated on earth, um, has been to share the truth. Uh, so in various prior earth incarnations, uh, you know, sometimes you were an ambassador, sometimes you were a writer. Um, sometimes I think you had quite a few incarnations as a writer actually, but, um, sometimes you were a pastor, um, uh, but not for the Catholic church. You didn't like the Catholic church. Okay. Um, I'm seeing, uh, reformation age in Germany perhaps. Um, and, um, I also see Renaissance period. Um, I'm seeing incarnations. Uh, I don't know if you're Italian in yes. background. Okay. Yes. Um, I figured from the last name, but, mm-hmm. uh, I'm seeing incarnations in, um, in, you know, Greece and Italy, um, you know, uh, discussing philosophy, discussing higher level knowledge um, with the people. Um, there was various lifetimes when you were a teacher, okay, um, or either a professor or a teacher of some sort. Um, okay. Yeah, so you had, I would say, a very um, illustrious mission, you know, um, here on planet Earth. And now you're using this platform to share information with all your listeners, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, not just, you know, information like mine, but information in general, you know, Mm -hmm. so, um, so you're just concerned about people knowing the truth, because there's so much deception here on this planet, there's a lot of things that have been hidden from humans for 1000s of years, and your mission is to make sure humans know what's up. You know, so um, so I hope hope that helps. I don't know. Very, um, very
0: fascinating, and it's just—is there anything I need to know to be able to foster my mission on Earth now that the guides can share?
1: Okay, let me check in with your guides. Um, you have a lot of Syrian guides, um, a lot of ascended master guides too. So um, let me check in. Uh, Kathumi is one of your major guides. You can check him out. Mm-hmm. He was the ascended master that um, uh, he incarnated as Saint Francis of Assisi. So wow, um, okay. uh, I don't know if you've ever been to Assisi, but it's an amazing place.
0: I've heard, yes.
1: Yeah, it's, it's an amazing place in Italy. I've been there a couple of times, loved it. Um it, it, there's something spiritual about Assisi. But anyway, I digressed. Let me move on. Um uh let me check here with your guides. Um okay they're saying that um they want you to integrate um more controversial spiritual topics on your channel okay uh um not that you're you play it safe i think you're you're kind of a rebel okay i, I you have a rebel energy even though you're first wave okay um uh but They say they want you to get uh, people that on your channel that are really controversial. Okay. Um, They want to shake things up. Okay. And they say, you're the kind of person that will shake things up.
0: Fantastic. Okay. Well, thank you, Debbie. Thank you guys. I'm going to do
1: just a closing prayer, just to shut down your record. Okay. That's okay. Okay. Um, And then we'll wrap it up. Um, Okay. I would like to thank the masters, teachers, and loved ones for their love and compassion. I would like to thank the lords of the Akashic records for their point of view. And I would like to thank the Holy Spirit of light for all knowledge and healing. The records are not closed. Amen. The records are not closed. Amen. The records are not closed. Amen. Your energy goes with you. My energy stays with me. Now we're ready. Okay. So we're all set.
0: Well, thank you. Okay. Guys, Guys Radio, my special guest, Debbie Solaris, who did a deep dive uh, of her reading. I thank you so much for your generosity for that. And just for the listeners out there, I mean, really interesting information there. And you can all do that with Debbie and Debbie would love to work with you. So Debbie, let me give you a couple of minutes to tell everybody about where they can get in touch with you how they can work with you and how they can tap into what their Akashic records are and what they will learn from them to live their best lives now.
1: Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Um, sure. Uh, I think the best way for folks to contact me is through my website. Um, it's at debbiesolaris.com. So D-E-B-B-I-E-S-O-L-A-R-I-S, uh, dot com. And uh, right now I'm not taking any new appointments, unfortunately, for for uh, readings because I'm booked out till almost the middle of November. That's how popular my readings are. Um, But I will be opening um, the calendar up again in October for um, November and December bookings. So, if folks you know really want to have a reading with me, I would suggest they go on my booking site um, and on my booking page on my my website and sign up to be notified. And we'll let you know when when the calendar is open. Um, you want to get on really quick. Uh, you don't want to wait because uh, I think the last time we opened a calendar, it was completely booked. Within this was like four months worth of bookings in about eighteen minutes. It was crazy. Um okay. Yeah, it gets pretty insane. I do offer webinars. Um, so we're going to be coming up with a new webinar in October. That's going to be called transforming galactic soul contracts It's going to be kind of a preliminary course for galactic Akashic records readings. Um, we also have a webinar on our channel, uh, current uh, on my uh, website currently that people can also access and take
0: Fantastic, uh, Debbie Solaris. Last question for you, for all our listeners out there and people who've watched the YouTube. Um, what can people do? Can they? Can everybody? I assume the answer is yes, and maybe you'll show us a little bit how. Can they contact their guides? Can they get guidance that they're looking for? Obviously, you want to ask for protection, God's divine white light, light of protection, whatever. And uh, can ha- can they tap in? What's the best way to kind of work with your guides and create a more ongoing relationship and communication?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, uh, the best way to contact your guides is through meditation. Um, that's what my guides told me and I was fighting against it cause I hate meditating. Um, and then they sent me to Crestone, Colorado to, to stay with the Zen Buddhist monks for a while to learn to meditate. So mm-hmm. I don't mess with my guides anymore. <laughs> so okay. when they tell me to do something, I do it. But, um, Uh, but yeah, meditation, meditating every day, um, even if it's just for 10 minutes, um, is going to really help connect you with the higher realms. Um, and then keeping your vibration high too will help.
0: Got it. Okay. Debbie Solaris on guys, guys, radio, one of our most fascinating conversations. And the reading was, uh, really interesting and very helpful. So thank you so much, Debbie. I think listeners. Thank you for having me. It's been a real
1: pleasure. Thank you so much for your patience too. Okay. It's
0: Guy's Guy Radio. Okay, we had a fantastic conversation with Debbie Solaris, as you could tell. She did a deep reading of me going all the way back to the another uh, another universe, galaxy, where uh, Lyra is located, and we got into the whole battle between the Dracos and the uh, folks on Lyra and how they came ultimately to the planet Earth. And what did we learn? Well, really, besides, you get a historical background on What I've been doing all of these eons of time is that um, there's a lot more than meets the eye as to what we're doing right now, and that you need to have an open mind if you're going to get into looking at things like the Akashic Records, and you have to work with somebody who's trained, and and Debbie, she knows her stuff, and this is not something that she flaunts, really. She's very matter-of-fact, very down-to-earth. And uh, she doesn't care if you believe it or not. I mean, this is what she's getting and she's sharing it. And I think that came across in our, in our interview and I really thank her because I think she does terrific work. So we're here, uh, Guys Guys Radio, every Wednesday evening on KCAA in Southern California at 8 p.m. Pacific time, 102.3, 106.5 FM, 1050 a.m. The show rebroadcasts every Sunday at 6 p.m. Pacific time. The worldwide podcast and YouTube post every Thursday. And if you want to check out the YouTube, it's Robert Manny, M-A-N-N-I. We call it Guys Guys TV, but you can see all the interviews there on, on my YouTube. And I would ask you if you like the guests I'm bringing you and you enjoy the content I'm bringing you and what we want to do is to bring new information that to support us, all I ask you do is if you could subscribe to my YouTube channel or subscribe to the podcast or Better yet, subscribe to both if you can and if you support us because that really goes a long way and it helps. You can also catch me on my website, Robert Manny, M-A-N-N-I.com. I've got over 300 blog posts, everything about life, love, the pursuit of happiness there. I just did a new one, a new post about why I quit drinking and what the experience has been like for the past 11 and a half months. I think you might enjoy it. I'm not telling people don't drink. I'm saying this is how what happened with me. And that's how we do it on Guys Guys Radio. I just share... My experiences and what I've learned, and then I leave it up to you to determine how you want to live your life. Because you know what? It's your life, it's not mine. All I can do is share my experiences. Um, so you can also download three free chapters of my novel, The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love, from my website. And then you can buy the book if you want on Amazon or wherever else. You can get the ebook, you can get the physical book. It's been called The Male Successor to Sex in the City. It's about two dudes in advertising competing for love, sex, power, and money. And it really gives, for the ladies, it gives you a peek behind the curtain into the world of today's weird and wild men. And for the guys, it's like, hey, they can relate to this because I'm a guy and a guy's guy, and I've captured kind of how we roll. And it's a little bit different than what you might expect, and it's not always pretty, but you know what? It ain't that bad. So, guys, guys, guy to love. And if you can want to check out the reviews, just go to Amazon or wherever else, and you can find out there. So we're going to be back next week. we got more interviews lined up. we got more great guests. i like to uh, thank right now my special guest this week, Debbie Solaris, because she was fantastic and very generous with her time and her reading of me. Also, my wonderful producer, Chris Marcello, and most especially my listeners and audience and viewers. Thank you so much. We're growing and growing and growing. We've got a lot more guests, a lot more content coming your way next week, the following week, and the following week, and over and over and over. We're just going to keep doing it because we're having a blast and people seem to really be responding to what we're doing here in kind of guy's guy land. So thanks so much to everybody and I'll see you next week. And until then, like I always like to say, guys, guys, finish first.